Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. How are you doing today, babe? I'm good. You know, I am so excited because it is the month of love. And we're kicking off our marriage and money series just in time for Valentine's Day. Yes, yes. You know, all month long, we are going to be celebrating marriage and money. And we're highlighting amazing couples who have done the work to get on the same page about money, have crushed debt together, built businesses together, and are ultimately building wealth for their family. Yes. We're so excited to share their stories with you. And more than anything, we want to inspire you on your journey. Additionally, if you have not gotten our free cheat sheet to get on the same page about money, you need to get it now. And you don't have to be married to get value from this guide. If you're single and dating, it's for you. And if you're engaged, this is definitely for you. These are the steps we had to take to make sure that we were aligned financially before we got married. This has everything you need to make sure that you and your partner are on the same page about money. You can get the guide by going to our website, richbyintention.com, or just click on the link in the show notes. Now let's get into the episode. To kick off the Money and Marriage series, we have a phenomenal couple, true inspiration to us, our favorite money couple, Ty and Talit McNeely of His and Her Money. Ty and Talit are financial educators that are on a mission to get individuals and couples on the same page financially and to experience the joys of financial freedom. In this episode, we discuss their story, how they got on the same page to pay off debt. Ty and Talit are just amazing people. They're also pastors. So this episode, you're going to get so much encouragement from their journey. Okay, so we are super excited to have the hosts of the His and Her Money show, Ty and Talit, on our podcast. You know, you guys are trailblazers in this personal finance space, and we have been following your journey since you guys started. And when we were paying down our debt, we were tied into your YouTube channel, you know, just learning all we can. So, and you're, you know, married couple mm-hmm. with business working side by side, you know, that's something that, you know, when we're working, we were like, hey, like one day we'll be able to do something like that as well. So you definitely like inspired us to, you know, start Rich by Intention and doing couples and, you know, money and marriage type of conversation. So, you know, thank you for just being the the trailblazer in this space. Yeah. So, and for for those who don't know you, which is very limited, can you just tell our audience who you are? Yeah, I'm Talit. And I'm Ty. Thank you guys, first and foremost, for inviting us on your show. The show. Big um, fans of y'all. Yes. We're proud of y'all for doing Absolutely. the work and doing it with a spirit That's of right. excellence. That's Absolutely. always good to see. Yes, and, and honored to be an example um, to, to you guys and so many people to come. Uh, we run a platform called His and Her Money. It's a financial education pa- platform. It was birthed out of our own personal story. It later grew to my husband coming off his job. We now do this full time. I don't know how deep you want me to get, but pretty much it's a financial education company. Where seven we teach, years. Yeah, seven years. Seven years we in. teach financial stewardship and building wealth. Yeah, so we got a YouTube channel, a podcast, and a website. We believe that what well, we know based on our background and our education, we know that different people learn in different ways. And that's based on Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. And so we give our content via video, via audio, via written. So no matter what your learning style is, we're trying to hit you with that penicillin for the disease called <laughs> debt out there. 
You know, I love that. I love because I know, Talit, your background is in education, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So you Facts. used to be a principal, right? Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah. So our story started, I was military. My career came to an end after 12 years active duty, one year in Iraq. And from there, I became a teacher. And during my career in education, I was a teacher, a dean, and then an assistant principal. And it was after becoming an assistant principal that the Lord made it clear that it was time to move on from education in that space and come and do this. Because the whole time we were building his and her money in the background, and uh, he made it clear to us that it was time for us to do, both of us to do it on a full-time basis. And so we've been operating at a full, full-time capacity for almost three years, but the business itself started seven years ago. And so we take both of our worlds because my wife is degreed and has experience in the financial sector and mine is in education. So we put those, our two worlds together and we have this personal finance education platform. I love that. So so you said four years you were working and also doing his and her money as well. So take us through that transformation from, you know, working and running the business and then just going full time. Yeah, it's the same. I think the 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 schedule just got flipped. And that's one thing that people always ask us is how you do this. How do I find balance? How did you do all those things? One thing you got to know for sure is that there's a purpose behind what you're doing. If you don't have a purpose, if it's just something that you think could be just lucrative or something that you think could be a platform builder for your personal brand, you're going to burn out because there's so much work involved in trying to do this. There's no accolades. There's not even much pay in the beginning. Uh, For a while, there was zero. But after a while, we We made $6,000 our first year. That was exciting. Yeah. We found different ways to make money. But at first, (laughs) you have to be in it for a purpose. And our purpose was to help people experience what we were experiencing as a result of us understanding more about personal finance. Yeah, for sure. You definitely put more in it, I would say, than you see in the beginning. But that's that's with anything that you build. Um, That's even a marriage. We've been married for 15 years. It's because of the beginner years of us investing in our marriage and pouring into our marriage, even in the area of knowledge around money and how to manage it together as a couple is now that we can sit here 15 years later with an entire company and literally we have full control of our own lives mm-hmm. as far as financially wise. We don't have to go punch somebody else's clock, mm-hmm. uh, but we do have three small children. And so having to be able to manage it, not balance it all, but manage it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, there are seasons when it's quite challenging. There are seasons when it's extremely like, I mean, we're eating takeout. We're like packing the kids up in the car. We have to like go to church and then teach a financial class there and then come back home and get them ready for uh, bed, you know, for school the next day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we go through seasons of, I wouldn't even call them ups and downs. I would just say very intense seasons when you're in the building phase. And to be honest, we're still in those seasons. I'm not so sure that it will ever stop. It may slow down. It may look different. And it may look different. It may be building a different part of the business. Right. But our marriage, we know for a fact that God has called us to be builders. So we know that we're just going to be building probably our entire lives. Yeah. Somebody's listening that's at work wondering how to build their business. So that looked like lunch breaks. Oh my God. That looked like walking down the hallway while kids are in class, responding to people's emails or social media. That looks like being at family barbecues, building course material. Literally uh, leaving. I remember we left Thanksgiving (laughs) dinner with our family and we came home. I don't know. It was late. We didn't get in the bed to pay. We were probably recording at midnight. I mean, tired, like sitting up here recording videos. And so it's the things that people don't see, but it's the hard work that you put in. We had this in mind. 
We had this in mind. From, exactly. from, from back then, we had this in exactly. mind and that that served as fuel and motivation when we were dog tired. Oh, my gosh. OK, I don't want to paint a picture that's inaccurate or inauthentic. It took a lot of hard work yeah. and it still does. It's, so yeah, we work this full time. We work more hours now than when we had nine to fives. But yeah. what we're building is for ourselves and for our children. And it's what God gave us to build. And so the feeling is different mm-hmm. when you're putting in the work for something of your own. So it, I just want to be totally, we want to be honest mm-hmm. with folks. It takes work. But <laughs> but the, the way I look at it is you're going to put in work no matter what. No matter Either what. you're building somebody else's future and we're not against at all punching clocks. We're, I mean, it helped us pay off our mortgage. It helped us do so many different things. Help it helped us to build this company. And so, but you have to realize that you're building no matter what. You're either building somebody else's life, their future, their legacy, their companies. If you're not building your own, you could do them both or you could do yours as well, too. So either way it goes, we knew that we were going to have to put in hard work. And so we just rather put it in on this end of the table for us. No, I think that's amazing. And I love what you guys said. You know, just the word purpose is what stood out to me and just having purpose behind the hard work. You're doing the hard things because this is more than just trying to make money for you guys. This is more than just, you know, trying to get likes on Instagram. This is truly purpose. And one of the things why my husband and I love you guys so much and we look up to you is because that word purpose, right? You know, in marriage, And even for us, we define our marriage or I define my husband as my purpose partner. And so as even as we're trying to build rich by intention, there's purpose in that. And like, you know, just working together and having that synergy with your spouse is so important as you guys are doing the hard work. And what I see with his and her money is that it's so much bigger than just teaching people about finances. Like this is truly your ministry. And it's so easy to see that, you know, just the passion that you guys exude and everyone in this industry just speaks so highly of the two of you and just the love that you guys give and the support that you guys give to everyone. And so, you know, we just, we love you guys. And so (laughs) I, you know, that leads into my question about, you know, what was your why for creating his and her money? Like, what was that? Yeah. It honestly was to be an example for others. Talon and I, the way uh, that our marriage started, it started with having money challenges. One of us had good debt, good credit. The other did not. One of us had debt, the other did not. We had to get come together and really figure out this thing called money and marriage. Um, but then we realized that people were coming into our homes. We were inviting them to our homes, sitting on our couches, talking to them in the hallways at church or at work. We're like, wait a minute, there are other people that may want to hear this too. Why don't we just go online, share our story? And honestly, when we did it, we didn't do it with the thought in mind that this was going to take us off of our full time job and that we were going to be making some real. We literally until this very day, it's, it's ministry for us. We knew that God called us to be able to be an example to others. And so that was really our why. If we could give other couples hope, other individuals hope in the area of their finances, then it was worth it for us. Yeah, it's like, you know, we knew what it was like, what it felt like, the emotions behind having debt, having bills that you would always dream and wonder like, what would it be like to not have this? And then to do the work and experience what the other side felt like, Mm -hmm. we could not keep that That to ourselves. We wanted more people to feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely love that so much. And the business has grown so much. Your marriage has grown so much. You created a beautiful family. Can you talk a little bit in the beginning? How did you actually get on the same page when it came to money? And also, how did you get on the same page for the actual business? Yeah, because I like what you said, Ty. Like one of you was good with money, it sounds like, you know, had good credit, didn't have debt. 
but the other one may have had debt, didn't have good credit. And I think that's that's like a lot of couples, right? One's usually a saver, the other's a spender. What was the work that you guys had to do up front to like get on the same page? Well, spoiler alert, the one that had the bad credit score and all the debt was me. And so <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know what I was doing with money. I, I, I had a great job and career and I had deposits coming on the first and 15th, but I had terrible spending habits. I had no foresight for a financial future. I had no depth of financial education. And so I was just reckless and wild. And then when it was time to get married, I had a bunch of debt that I uh, was ashamed (coughs) to tell my wife about because like I said earlier, she's degreed in finance. She worked for one of the largest financial institutions in the whole world. She's getting awards over there. They loving her. They offering her promotions. And here I am with all this debt and bad money habits. Like, hey, would you be my wife? And so I lied. I didn't tell her how much debt I had. I, I, I tried to make my situation appear better than what it was. And I tried to craft a plan in the background to try to clean up my finances before we got married so that it wouldn't be a burden. But God's not going to let you build anything great on a lie. And so he he forced me into a corner and uh, I had to confess like maybe, you know, just weeks before we were going to get married. And then we almost didn't get married because not the money, but because I lied and I was dishonest and I broke her trust. And so we had to do a whole lot of praying and we had to do a whole lot of communicating to get back on the same page. So a definite thing that both parties, no matter if you're the one with the great money skills or the one that has not so great money skills, both of you all are going to have to become humble. Both of you all are going to have to die to yourselves and meld the two parts of you into one, because that's what the Bible says that we become. And so a part of my humility, I made an error in coming up with a plan that sounded good on the surface, but actually became detrimental. So I was like, you know what? I'm not good with money. You are. Your resume is clearly better than mine when it comes to financial things. So why don't you handle all the finances and just let me know what I can work with, you know, my spending that I want to do. And so Ty was on board with that because she had that brain power to come up with the plan and to put the dollars and cents together to help us craft a plan of freedom. And so we went through that. But what happened is we both were experiencing frustration that we did not communicate to each other because she was working hard to put all the numbers in place to come up with a plan. Now she, she assumed the debt. Now it's our debt, even though she didn't go out and create any of it. She took the posture of we're married, we're one. So now it's our debt. And so she would say, okay, based on the numbers, this is what you have to spend this month. And I'm looking at what she handed me versus I know what my salary is and what my deposits are on the first of 15th. And you're saying, this is it. And so I was like, man, that sucks. And then on the other hand, she's doing all the work. She's doing all the manual labor. She's she's crunching all the numbers. And I'm and complaining. sacrificing a lot. I'm complaining. And mm-hmm. so she's becoming frustrated because I'm complaining after she's doing all this hard work. I'm getting frustrated because it feels like a mother's son being handed a, a, an allowance to go lunch money to even though, you know, I'm an adult with a career and all that. And so it came to a head. And what we realized was we were not operating as a team. So she was doing all the work. I was doing all the complaining. We like to use the analogy of because we're from Chicago in the 90s, our city was all the rage about the Chicago Bulls because they were in the midst of winning six championships. And so those first few championships on one side of the backcourt, you had Michael Jordan. Everybody knows who that is. Now, if I say, do y'all know who B.J. Armstrong is? Not as many hands would go up. I'm like, who? So B.J. Armstrong was the point guard while Michael was the shooting guard. And the reason that both of them became champions is because they both played their part. 
when we say we weren't a team, team doesn't automatically equal a 50-50 relationship. It could be 60-40, 70-30, 80-20. But what it can never be is 100% in zero. And that's how we were operating. Ty was doing all the work. She's on the court. She was uh, running the offense, running defense. And I was on I was on the bench waving the towel like, go, Ty, go. You can do this, right? That's not what a team looks like. Both parties in this scenario needs to be on the court. So BJ did his part. Michael did his part. It wasn't a 50-50 relationship, but they both did their parts well and they both became champions. And so now what we figured out was, okay, I can't just be on the sidelines. I have to be on the game, in the game. So Ty still crunched the numbers, set up the plan. But then the difference came is now I give my input about the plan. I look over the plan. I'm an intentional about understanding the plan. And then we both make the decision on how the money is going to flow in the, from month to month to month. And so it took humility. It took a dying of self and it took constant communication to get used to this new unified front of attack against our debt situation. So I think that's such a great breakdown of your story. And one thing that stood out to me, Ty, was when you said that, you know, there were some sacrifices you had to make. Can you just tell us a little bit more of those sacrifices that you had to make, you know, as you were kind of walking with your husband during this period? Yeah, sure. So coming into the marriage, I was I always consider myself to kind of be good with money. So I knew how to manage and budget my finances. But of course, when we got married, I inherited his debt. So I had to make a lot of sacrifices. I was uh, climbing up the, the corporate ladder at my nine to five and all of my money for the most part was literally going towards his debt. And so, which was now our debt. So I had to make sacrifices. I had to, I couldn't eat out. I had to pack my lunch. I didn't buy a lot of items for myself and clothing and things like that. So I made a lot of sacrifices on my part for debt that I never bought into the marriage. And so when there was unspoken frustration and Tyler was kind of like feeling like it was his mother's son type thing, I felt taken for granted. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Hold up. I put in this work. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to forgive, forgive you for not telling me everything prior to us getting married. And I'm willing just to do put 120 percent into this. And so that's when we had to realize, well, wait a minute, just because I was the one that was better at the money and I knew how to manage it did not mean that he couldn't have any input. And I actually desired and craved his input. I didn't realize how much I did until we really started kind of like coming together every single month, going over our money. And it became a joy. It became fun. We both were able to see the progress that was being made. We both were able to see the sacrifices that were being made. And then we eventually went on to, we paid off that debt within our first year of marriage. Wow. wow. That's awesome. Can you say how much it was that you paid 30, off? 30000 Wow. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So no, think- no trips, no, none of that stuff. It nah, was like sitting we, at home. We was lazy. You know, focused. like most newlyweds, as soon as they get married, they're like out, you know, in the city, just doing stuff. Brunch. Not us. Not <laughs> us. <laughs> Weekend brunches, right? Yep, uh, not us. It's food at home. Right? We so like, focused. I love that one that you guys crushed that goal together during your first oh, year of yeah. marriage. I think that's such a great way to start your marriage, like working, you know, not not even that you started out working as a team, that you guys work towards becoming the team. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that that's what what better way can you ask? What, what more can you ask for for your marriage? Right. Mm-hmm. Than to just kind of work together on a, a common goal that you guys have. Yeah. And, and overcoming that adversity. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, there was you were on two different pages. You know, there was just information wasn't provided to your spouse. And, you know, that money issues is like the biggest number one reason why people get divorced. But you Mm -hmm. work through that Mm -hmm. and realize that, hey, I have to give 
each other grace during this period and also do the work and also be present and, you know, appreciative of each other. So like, Mm -hmm. how did, you know, you mentioned that there was just some frustrations, right? Like just as you guys were working through this, but how did you work through what maybe some would call like resentment that might've been building up? Like what was the work that you guys had to do there? Was it therapy? Was it counseling from your pastor? Like, what did you guys have to do? to get through the resentment that might've been building up? There was more communication and more communication to the father. So that's when I really started to pray about my future. I started to pray about our future. We started to pray about direction and we start to have the necessary conversations. Prior to getting married, we, we thought we did all the right things. We uh, sat down with our pastor. We did the premarital counseling and stuff like that. But once we discovered that we both needed to be on the same page financially, that's when we really start to dig deep into the area of finances together as a couple. That meant reading books. That meant watching television shows around money. That meant we would be like texting and emailing each other financial articles and say, what do you think about this? And then come home after work that night around dinner and and talk about it and discuss it. So our communication went up a whole nother level Mm -hmm. and it had to in order for us to win at this. And so, yeah, the input from his side, from my side together made us win. Yes, that dying itself. You had to be willing. We both had to be willing to communicate how we were feeling. Sometimes we think that not communicating is the right thing to do. We don't want to hurt the other's feelings or we don't want to uh, be a burden. And so we internalize and we think that's the better answer. And Mm -hmm. it's actually the worst thing you can do. You have to have open lines of communication. So it really just started with us opening our mouths and and being authentic and then Mm -hmm. building upon that as we move forward. Yeah, I, I love that. I love, you know, that you got educated together and had discussions about what you were learning, right? Which just helped build that the money conversations and the the strength of your marriage. Uh, so it's so important to do that. And then it's also just important in that you have money date nights, right? You have date nights when you just go out, but you also have time where you go over the budget on a regular basis so that, you know, the information is always relevant and up to date and so that you can move forward with your goals. Yeah. And another thing we did was to we discovered uh, we start to like write down our goals. And so mm-hmm. we would write down quarterly goals, annual goals, five year goals. Where do we see ourselves five years from now? Where do we see ourselves three months from now? And that helped us to literally stay on our plan because we knew in order to accomplish those goals, I, I guarantee you that there's not one goal that anybody has that does not involve finances to some degree. I don't care if you want to be a missionary and give away like you still need money. And so we realized that every single goal was was attached to our finances being in order. And so that helped us stay on the same page, that helped us plan accordingly, that helped us have the open conversations and open the communication lines so we can accomplish our goals. And one of the goals we're literally walking out now, completely debt free on our own home, run a business together, don't work outside of our business. We both do this full time. That was a goal. Now, that was not a goal in the very beginning. But as we started to grow and learn, our goals also evolved and changed. And so therefore, our finances had to as well. So why do you think couples have so much trouble communicating about money? Talit, you mentioned that you didn't you were a little nervous, right? To kind of share all of your debt, all of the financial mistakes that you made in the beginning. And I think that's true for a lot of people in relationships where they don't disclose all of their financial habits, all of their financial mistakes. Why do you think some people in relationships are so afraid to just kind of start that communication? 
Well, you spend most of your time in the dating phase, putting your best foot forward. You're trying to be impressive. You're trying to uphold an image that's not real. Make yourself appear to be the best Mm -hmm. possible version because you're trying to woo the other person. You want them to, you know, like you, love you and maybe build a life with you. And so sometimes you carry that forward. And because you didn't spend the time even in the dating phase being as authentic as you could have been. And so some people feel after they cross over that that threshold that they have to keep the image up. Sometimes I can only speak for the male perspective and not even universally, but just the male perspective that I know is, you know, sometimes we're trained not to be engaged with our emotions. We're trained to be tough. We're trained to man up. We're trained to be a provider, be a leader and not necessarily be a communicator, not necessarily be vulnerable, not necessarily be transparent. Those aren't lessons that a lot of us were given. And so all of us don't have those tools, even though we may love the person with all of our heart that we're marrying, we just don't have the tools in some instances to be as vulnerable and as transparent as we can possibly be because we've been told to be the opposite. We've been told to be the rock of our family. Some of us had to grow up fast. Some of us had to be the man of the house, even though we weren't men. And so that plays a part and everybody comes, no matter male, female, whatever, you come into a marriage with your history, with your story, with your worldview that was crafted based on the life experiences that you had up to that point. And the person that you're marrying has their own set. And if you're not intentional about merging those worlds, it can cause real problems. If you're bent on staying who you are and this is just how I am, it's going to cause problems. Again, it goes back to what we said earlier. There has to be a funeral. There has to be a dying to self in order for you to craft a new life. When you get married, your life is going to change. It's not intended to stay the same. God puts you with this person for a reason, a bigger purpose and bigger reason than you even realize on your wedding day. And you have to be willing to engage that process of becoming a different version of you. A lot of times it's a better version of you. And at least that's the case from, I can speak for myself. I became a better version of myself after my wedding day because I had a willingness to go through the process of dying to myself. There's a lot of me that's that was needed in our marriage, but there was a lot of me that was hindering our marriage that needed to die. And that's on both sides of, of the aisle. And there has to be that willingness to do so. And for us, that's been a big part of our marriage being strong at year 15, us being able to hit financial goals, like getting out of consumer debt, paying off our house, starting a business, a seven figure net worth. All these things are possible because we have been in a process and a willing participant in this process of becoming one. It's, it's kind of cliche to say, you know, you're supposed to become one, but that, that's a process. When two of anything become one, there's a process involved. And so you have to be willing to endure that process. That's a word. (laughs) You know, I'm already feeling in my spirit. No, I I, I love what you said. And like, it definitely is a process just to get to oneness, right? With your partner. And, you know, another thing that stood out to me was that the die to self. I think, especially in today's generation, no one wants to die to self. They want what they want. They want to live their best life. You know, they want to live a life even separate. They're they're married, but they still want to live a live their own life. You know, they want to travel on their own. They want to have their own bank account. They want to spend how they want. And I do think when you, when you get married, it does take the work to die to yourself and like kind of meet your partner where they are. Yeah. And I I think it's, you know, mindset shift and also like just the thing that dies is the selfishness, right? 
that mm-hmm. part of you as an individual is so easy to be selfish. But when you're married, right, with someone that, you know, you're, you're going to bed with every night, you're communicating with, you having children with, you know, you're building and accomplishing your goals together, like that selfishness slowly dies the more you do the work, right? And it's not I, but it's we. And I love that. That was amazing points. Yes. As you were saying the diet itself, you know, I was thinking about couples who don't share bank accounts. Right. And I kind of want to get your perspective on this, you know, like they'll have, you know, we'll have one account to for all of our bills, but I'm going to have my own money. You're going to have your money and, you know, we'll, we'll share the bills. How do you guys feel about that? Like, I'm just curious to hear like in your own personal lives (laughs) and just in general, what do you think? When it comes yeah, to marriage. So before we before my wife jumps in, listen, send all your complaints about what we're about to say to info <laughs> at richbyintention.com. <laughs> we get this question all the time and mm-hmm. we unashamedly say it. We don't care who doesn't like it. We believe that when you get married, you're one. You I cannot imagine myself literally making the conscious decision that I want you to father a child. Share of mine, DNA. Right. My 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 children are worth more to me than any bank account. Than Can't any. share dollars. Exactly. And so you're good enough to be the father of my children, but I don't trust you with my money. Now, we're not talking about some of those unforeseen circumstances. Like I had a client one time, her husband was an impulsive gambler. She had to put money to the side that he didn't know about, right? Because she had to save for their retirement. We're not talking about those situations. We're talking about your average everyday couple. Everything's fine. Um, and things like that. We realized that once we were on the same page financially and what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine and it's ours. We were able to do so much more than we could do being separate. And so, yeah, there's nothing separate in our home. We live in the same home. That's together. We share the same money. That's together. We share the same children. That's together. So no, we don't believe in separate anything. And if you're honest with yourself, now we you, have you, our oh, own spending money. Yeah. Right. So we always hear that. But what if you want to buy him a gift? The likelihood of him literally, I can literally tell him, hey, I'm going to buy you a gift. Don't look in the account. He won't look in the account. Like that's Mm -hmm. not that's no reason to have a separate account. But we do have our own spending money, right, that we allocate every single month. You can spend it how you want. I can spend it how I want. But we share our money. We share our accounts. Yeah. Under that that thought of wanting to have your own, there's a fear. There's something there. There's Mm -hmm. a reason you're saying that. And you should find out just for your own development. There is a fear of something there. Maybe it's something you saw. Maybe it's something you experienced. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something you heard about. And so that fear is a preventing tool for you to become one financially Mm -hmm. with your spouse. And that fear can manifest in other ways. That's why it's important for you to identify that. Be honest with yourself. Don't try to. And, and if you're the person listening and your spouse is the one that that is holding back, I, I, you know, I don't even know if you should approach it. Like, so what are you what, what are you really afraid of? Like, sometimes this is a self-exploration mm-hmm. that's necessary. There is a reason that you are afraid. It's not it's not I'm an independent this or independent. That is a fear underneath that statement that you really need to identify and really need to get healed from because. What the Lord has in store for us is dependent upon our willingness to become one. He said that the two shall become one. Mm -hmm. Everything that God has for us inside of our marriage, inside the destiny that's assigned to our last name as a husband and wife requires unity, requires us to be on the same page because the devil's going to work hard to separate. He's going to find any crack 
that he can to get in and move you apart? Why give him My. a big old door like finances to walk in and wreak havoc on your oneness and on your unity? I, I, we would just encourage you, encourage you to dig deep mm-hmm. and find out what that fear yep. really is. We've heard people say, oh, it works for us. No, we're good. It works for you now, but you don't know literally where your marriage can go if you all were to literally be one um, totally. And so, yeah, it's it's either a fear from I, I've heard people tell me, girl, you better have your own money. You never know. Why would I Same. go? Why would I go into marriage already with the intention of divorce yep. or even the possibility mm-hmm. of it? Like I'm already setting my marriage up to fail. No, I'm going in my marriage with it to succeed. Right. And so, yes, there are situations that all marriages don't work out. We've seen stories of people who got in divorce and they were able to turn their finances around even for the better. So, again, we're not saying some of those extreme circumstances, but average couple, the mainly a lot of the couples, we, we advise them to put their money together. Come on, you're going to be rich by intention. You need to have some intention behind your oneness and your unity and getting on the mm-hmm. same page. Be intentional about it. Yeah. And we wholeheartedly agree with with those points. Right. If you're going to share a bed together, you can share a bank account together. And a lot of times in this generation, it's like the end in mind with a lot of things. Right. And you shouldn't necessarily have that. Right. Because you're planning for it to end. So when you have a plan, usually your plans work out. So you should have a plan to stick together. And when you have your money together, where you are are living together, where you have the same goals, it makes you become one. So it's very hard for it to separate when you have everything together. Mm -hmm. That's right. I like what you said, uh, Talit, like that there's some underlying fear that couples may have, you know, when it comes to maybe not wanting to combine their finances fully. And so I think a lot of the fear comes from lack of communication, right, with their partner about the finances. And a lot of couples do not even talk about money while they're dating. (laughs) I don't even know if they even have real conversations when they're married, right? You know, so like in your opinion, in both of your opinions, like when should couples really start talking about money and being vulnerable with each other, like you guys said? Yeah, I think in the beginning, it's just being observational, Mm -hmm. looking at when we go out, is it always a credit card? When we, are they always Gucci this, Prada that. Or um, even like, I remember when we were dating, every single time we were we would go out, you had a new outfit with the true. matching shoes and the hat. <laughs> and the hat. That should have been a sign. Oh, he was trying to impress yeah. you. That oh. should have been a sign right there. Like, that, that, it was just I, me. That was just I, me. I, I was, I was just, You were spending your paycheck just, every single time. And credit cards. Yeah. So yeah, observe, look. See, are they always grabbing the credit card when they go to pay for food? Now, granted, you can use a, we use a credit card and people can still pay it off. But listen to their language, their verbiage. You can even throw questions out there. Hey, so where do you see yourself in five years? What's your your thoughts on debt? Like, I don't have a problem with you asking those questions while you're dating because you should be dating purposely or intentionally. Um, anyway, you shouldn't be dating anyone that's not marriage material or that you can't see yourself with if it was to go there. But on a first date, yes, you'd be wise. I mean, you don't have to like, oh, that question. What's your credit score? No, but you should. <laughs> you should be having those conversations um, around money. And again, it could just be goals. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about student loans and yeah. stuff like that? And as a relationship gets serious, the conversation Correct. should get more serious about mm-hmm. finances because you need to know what you're about to step into. Yeah. Yeah. The early, earlier, the better. When Angie and I were starting to date, you know, I think, what is it like? Maybe like a month in, I'm like, hey, I got 
I got yeah. eighty thousand plus of debt. You know, he, he shared. Okay? How you like that? I'm like, eighty thousand. I was terrified, but uh, but we worked it out <laughs> by the grace of God. Yeah, that's awesome. I wore my loans on um, on my sleeve, basically. Right? Some people wear their heart. I, I wear my. I wear but my I will say, loans. he wasn't wearing a new suit when we went on dates. He didn't wear uh, new hats and stuff. So uh, he was more of the. What would you call yourself, babe? Uh, fruit cheap, which fruit was cheap. frugal and cheap. That's yeah. <laughs> but I, I did when we first started dating. I did spend a lot of money on some different experiences. But, but I, yeah, I wouldn't advise we you to do that. Yeah. We wouldn't, wouldn't advise people to do that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we want to pivot a little bit and talk about your roles as pastors. And if it if it hasn't been apparent throughout this whole episode, <laughs> y'all are definitely walking in your calling <laughs> as pastors because I can feel just my spirit being, you know, just receiving, you know, the words that you guys are yeah, saying. And so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, definitely. Right. Like, even as we're just learning from you guys, like, and we have a lot to learn as we're only four years in into our marriage, but how did you guys start this new path as pastors? Mm-hmm. I'll let my wife take that. Uh, that's, that's a loaded question. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say this much has always been there. That's what I was going to say. Been say for myself, 20 years, 2001, And I have always, since the day I gave my life to the Lord, had visions of some sort of being a pastor, but I would always grab them and throw them in the trash because it wasn't, especially back then, it wasn't my makeup. It wasn't my personality. And just, I've just been in a process for 20 years of God pruning and processing me to get to this point. Absolutely. He had visions of it, but he never asked God for it. Never. And so I think that's what's so beautiful. God chose us. He chose you. Many are called, but few are chosen. And so everything that we've done always, literally, if it's not giving God glory, we don't want it. Like we're not ashamed on our platform, his or her money, where we're seeing, you know, all over the world to literally say Jesus saves. Like, We've been true to ourselves from day one. And, and people so, have tried to talk us out of it saying, oh, yeah. tone, tone down the Jesus oh, yeah. stuff. We've you know, heard, that's going to hurt, that's gonna hurt your corporate sponsorship. We've heard people tell us <laughs> that, oh, I couldn't dare go on and would name a, a channel if they saw that I did that. Well, that channel's not for us. Mm-hmm. And so we trust God. And so God has always seen our willingness to be able to serve. And now this next assignment, we're still serving. We're just doing it in a different capacity. And so, yeah, we'll be launching our new campus next year, quarter one. Going to tell them the funny story of how it came to pass. That'd be all day, huh? Okay. I, so. I would just say. <laughs> get the spark notes. Let's get the spark notes. Uh, yeah. Cliff notes. I, I don't know which part. So went- one day we were at church and church was over. And so we went, got in the car in the parking lot. And you said what? So I was sitting in church. This was in July. This, what, where would it be in 2021? Uh, the Lord screamed to me three times, Tyler has a new assignment coming. Tyler has a new assignment coming. He has a new assignment coming. And I knew what it was. I knew that it was some, we've always worked in church and, and capacity of like different ministries and stuff yeah. like that and being over certain ministries. But I knew that this was a different level. I was level. currently the men's pastor Correct. and Ty was part of the prophetic company. So I knew this was a different level. So we, get in, I got, we got in the car and I told him, I said, the Lord says this. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's just driving. And he starts talking about some of the things that we're doing currently now with our company, some of the things that we're, we're doing for the future and some of the things that we'll be rolling out. And I noticed that nowhere in what he mentioned had anything to do with 
the ministry side of church. Because because what she's not telling you is when the Lord was screaming to her three times, he specifically said ministry. Mm-hmm. But when she relayed the message to me, she left out the word ministry. Yeah. ministry. She said, <laughs> what time was coming? It was, a, it was it's assumed. <laughs> it's, it's just, I'm almost feeling like, well, if I knew it, you should know it. But he so didn't I know took it. it. I said, okay, you know, if the Lord said, whatever the Lord say, I'm cool with. Not really thinking yeah. pastor. And that night, her dad, my father-in-law has a dream. And in that dream, he says, he sees me preaching at a church of about a thousand people. And after a church where like some of the ministers were in the back just eating and our pastor was sitting next to me and we're talking. And uh, he said in the dream, he looked at myself and my pastor having a conversation and he said, oh, he's about to make Talit a pastor of this church. And so he wakes up the next morning and tells me and I said, oh, well, well, okay, you know, whatever the Lord said, I gave the same line, whatever the Lord says, I'm cool with, but still not thinking like it come to pass because I've, I've had visions and visions and visions for 20 years, two decades of this, you know what I mean? And it, and it, the ne- it just never happened. And if I can be honest, I never wanted it only because I know the seriousness of it. So I have a very strong fear of God and I'm like, God. I don't want nobody's blood on my hands. Like this is a whole nother level. You, you want us to be shepherds to oversee a whole entire church. Wait, what? Like doing this thing online is good. Going this place and that place speaking here is great, but you want us to pastor. So I was afraid of it because I didn't want to mishandle the assignment. So it was never something that we, either one of us asked for. And, but people have access to start churches in the past. And we've always, and we've, always we've always turned it down. So God knew that he had to speak to me in order for me to be comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And so two weeks later, we're out on a vacation with our children. We get up. My husband gets a, a FaceTime from our pastor. 704 a.m. Yeah. And to make the story short as possible, he just basically asked him, would you be would you consider um, pastoring a church? So the Lord had arrested him that night before he couldn't sleep. He couldn't sleep. Mind mm-hmm. you, we've been at this church for six years, but God will cover you until the time is right. Mm-hmm. And so. He never saw Talley in that capacity until recently when Talley had to actually preach a service. Um, Exactly. He was watching online because he wasn't in service that day. And he saw, he was like, what is this that I see on him? He saw it before. Correct. But this time was different. That's why God will cover you and hide you until the time is right. His timing is perfect. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how we ended up here. We knew that God was saying now is the time. His timing is perfect. If he would have asked us a year ago or even six months ago, the answer probably would have been no. But God said yes. And so, yeah, now we're in this 2022. All nations Aurora.com will be up and running. Yep. Quarter one. Wow. Love that. Love that. It's amazing, guys. Like, I mean, when God calls you, you got to answer. You got to answer. answer. Right. And the first ring. That's it. it. You can't tell him you're not ready. And he was showing y'all. He was like, I'm going to give you a dream. I'm going to tell Ty. Exactly. He even gave two of our, he gave two of our kids dreams after we yeah, told them. Wow. Yeah, they, they revealed that they had a couple of them. They're young, you know, yep. eleven, nine, oh and eight. Oh my gosh! So, I love yeah. that. God, God yeah. covered us from every direction. Amen. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, wow! Like yeah. y'all, you guys are phenomenal. Just phenomenal leaders. Phenomenal, just role models to so many people. And I think yes. this episode, you know, like just. Like, I feel it, you know, like, I feel like we'll listen back to this episode, you know, and like, just, oh, <laughs> babe, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get motivated. Let's get motivated. Let's get our like, purpose. We need, let's, you know, a vision. Because yeah. I think as married couples, it can, it can get very challenging, right? Especially when you're business partners together, right? Like it can get challenging. It can get, you know, as you're doing the work, <laughs> you know, like it can get mundane. It's not as spicy as it was before kids, five years ago, before kids, whatever the case may be. And it's like, 
you know, you have to remember the purpose behind this. You have to remember your why behind this and not just, you know, about the business, but about your marriage and what you want, what you want the fruits of your marriage to be. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think you guys are just a phenomenal example. And like, we are, it's an honor, right. To just be able to have this conversation with you guys. I remember back in 2014, I feel like it was (laughs) give or take, like watching you guys. I'm like, babe, Come, come look at this couple on YouTube. I, remember that? Yeah, you remember? Yeah, no, yeah. I remember. And yeah. I was like, look at them. <laughs> like, it's just full circle for us, you know? And like, just, it's an honor to just have you guys on our platform, you know, just having this conversation about money and marriage. And so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you no, so we much appreciate for having that. us. We want to encourage y'all, uh, y'all and everybody listening, that, that, that word just keeps sticking out. <laughs> Intentional. Everything yes. that you're trying to do, whether you're trying to build a business, build wealth, get out of debt, start a ministry, uh, get on the same page financially, you need intentionality. You have to be intentional. Even if it's one of you being intentional at first, that intentionality is the key. Even if it's not spicy, if you're intentional with being all that God created you to be, man, uh, all the other stuff is going to fall into place. Yeah. And one thing that we adopted from you was the themes for the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been doing that for like the last yeah. five years, just having like uh, these. So we, yeah. we heard we actually, it from another couple. Yeah, from the, the Darkos. From the Darkos. they said, yeah. we got it from the McNeely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we're just passing it on, you know, like. That's the name of the game. <laughs> so like, just for every, just so our listeners know, like theming the year, can you guys just explain exactly what that is before we go? Yeah. So before every year starts, part of our goal planning session is we come up with a word for yeah, the year. Yeah, we pray about it, actually. Yeah. We, we pray separately and then we ask each other, like, what, what did you hear? Like, what did, what do you feel? And uh, then we come up with a collective word and we kind of use that as, as a guiding yeah. post, a guiding light. And one um, year, our, our thing was intentional. And so that means that means being intentional in every area of your life intentional parenting with uh, our spiritual growth, with our business. We were literally putting things in place intentionally. And so, yeah, I would just say, ask God. Now we're coming up on 2022. So everybody going to 2022 with a theme. And then we also look in the Bible and grab a scripture to attach to that, right, to whatever that theme, topic or subject is. And we literally think about it all year long and incorporate it in our everyday lives. Like you said, you know, when you're going through stuff, you know, sometimes it can get mundane and not as spicy. But then if you have that, like, remember, this is the year of intentional. We got to We got to stay focused. We got to stay in it. It's just a way to keep you going. Yes. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Same visions, same purpose, same goal, same marriage. So. We love it. We love everything you drop. You drop so much information and thank you for just sharing your story and, and the ministry that you've gone through when it comes to marriage, when it comes to money and your purpose. So we thank you so much. This has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, can you just share with our audience where they can find you on social media and your website? Sure. So our website is hisandhermoney.com. We're on um, all social media outlets at His and Her Money. We have a YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Instagram, everything. Facebook. At his or her money. And on the ministry side is and a podcast. On the ministry side, it's at all nations Aurora. And the website is allnationsaurora.com. So but we also money have, or ministry, holla. We at also us. have e-members as well, too. So no matter where you yeah, are um, in the world, you can too. be an online. Yep. You can be a part of our community online. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be checking out all yes. nations in uh-huh. Aurora. So excited for you guys. Like yes. we just wish you guys all the best yes. in this new season of your ministry, this new chapter in your ministry. We are, we're super supportive of everything you guys do. And so we're just going to be cheering you guys yes, along yes, the way. Yes. So. Wish you so all much. the success, more blessings, more lessons. 
Yep. Thank you. And we Thank wish you. the same and, and double upon you all. Yes. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Also, don't forget to get our free cheat sheet to get on the same page with your partner at richbyintention.com or you can hit the link in the show notes. See you next week, guys.